Hello and welcome to another episode of So You Think You Can Fanon. Uh, this one kind of came out of the, the blue because Locke is back. He wandered into the time-space void that we record our episodes in. Yeah, well, I've I've returned. I didn't mean to, it just, it just sort of happened. Don't worry, I get lost often as well. Why do you <laughs> think I only appear in these episodes like every once in a blue moon? Wait, you guys get... You guys get to leave when it's done? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. One, Matt, you're not allowed to leave. And two, Phoenix, I thought we changed the locks. How'd you get in here? Uh, It's called... Bullshit magic. There. Seems legit. Honestly, I don't know how, to, how I do it either. We need better security, honestly. But speaking of things that are uh, hopefully more secure than our recording studio, <laughs> it's SCP time because we have we have a guest here who's brought with us a variety of things. Yes, many wonderful and terrifying, horrible things that we keep here at the foundation. What kind of horrible things do we have? I hope nobody is going to get hurt. In the process of reading any of these. Well, you might bust a gut, but that's about it. Oh, boy. Better than busting a nut while we're reading it. Don't do not do that. That's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Please. Wait, that's, that's not allowed? No, it's not allowed. <laughs> we should have oh, told, told you that last time we were on. What have I been doing this entire time? You gotta find us new works now. We can't look at any of the ones that you were gonna give us in the first place. Okay, so I'm gonna step away and clean up real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a minute. <laughs> Take all the time you need. That's honestly what we should start telling guests when they hop into the Zencast for the first time. It's like, no <laughs> busting of a nut. Todd from Jacksonville did that when he was on the show. Amongst other things. He knows what he did. He knows what he did. <laughs> Does he feel regret? We don't know. <laughs> uh, Matt, I think you could take us away with this first story. I know you've been dying to read it. SCP-1313 is not currently contained. As a way of limiting the impact of the anomaly, Foundation staff are to monitor... All educational institutes for high rates of bear attack and dispatch MTF Delta 10 <laughs> and Sir Key to the sites of incidents as soon as possible. Amnestics are, are to be administered to any civilians with knowledge of SCP-1313. While copies of 1313 are available from the Foundation archives, under no circumstances are any Foundation personnel to have complete knowledge of the problem. Any staff found solving SCP-1313 are to be reprimanded and, if the situation warrants, terminated. <laughs> Immediately following the bear's capture, excess bears are to be either released into the wild or used as food or test subjects for suitable anomalies. You read that so aggressively. <laughs> I am done with dealing with people who keep making... Bears. Yeah, yeah, that's SCP cool. But can you help me with this math homework real quick? SCP one three one three. The answer is no, Phoenix. 
is an anomalous series of logical processes capable of being defined as a mathematical equation to which the answer is a single female specimen of Ursus Arctos. The equation itself does not appear to be inherently anomalous, but rather a quirk of mathematics. Rather than producing any number in the set of all real numbers that are not animals, SCP-1313 resolves to produce a tangible, adult, and frequently enraged grizzly bear. The resolution does not have to be physically represented, and simply considering the problem long enough to arrive at the solution has resulted in a bear's manifestation in or around the subject solving it. SCP-1313 does not require any particular mathematical ability to comprehend. Beyond a basic understanding of elementary algebra, all steps of the sequence must be completed in order to reach the correct answer being the only required portion to complete it. Skipping parts of the process or attempting to start midway through will not result in any anomalous effects and will likely produce a purely mundane result. Currently, examination of partial components of SCP-1313 has revealed the following information about the anomaly. For starters, the SCP itself conforms to all axioms used in current number theory, although at times has proven to be remarkably stubborn. That bears cannot be returned to numerical form by simply solving the equation's inverse, pending the invention of a method of applying mathematical operations to physical objects, namely bears. <laughs> that SCP-13 can be used as an element of other equations to produce semi-anomalous results. For example, the square root of SCP-1313 resolves to the square root of a live grizzly bear. Likewise, if you square the SCP, it is the product of two live grizzly bears multiplied together. It is not recommended that such derivative equations be solved as the creatures produced are usually poorly integrated into our reality and invariably extremely hostile during their brief periods of existence. <laughs> Finally, it is clear now that grizzly bears exist within the set of all... It is unclear if all grizzly bears exist within the set of all real numbers and are not prime. The square root of a grizzly bear is prime, however, and is the only prime number that A is not a cardinal number, B is neither even nor odd, and C contains an animal component. The implications that the root of a bear is an integer and therefore that bears themselves exist on an ordinary number line is currently being investigated by Professor Hutchinson. SCP-1313 first came to the Foundation's attention in 1967, when a bear attack was reported at White Cross High School, Hereford, England. 1,724 separate incidents of bear attacks at educational institutes have been observed since then, with an estimated 1,600 fatalities and 900 further non-fatal injuries. Of the 1,724 bears and mathematical bear composites generated, at least 20% are still at large. Notice, if during the reading of this document you have pondered the nature of SCP-1313 to such a degree that you feel you have independently formulated a portion of its structure, you are advised to make your way to your site's nearest amnestic distribution station and then, following administration, to an animal control. Failure to do so may result in disciplinary action and or many bear-related injuries. Footnote, 
There has been research into the possible military application of irrational, exponential, and imaginary grizzly bears and is currently being undertaken by a joint team from the Foundation's mathematical and zoological departments. I don't know if you heard at the beginning, but I, 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 I like I sneezed and then started laughing. <laughs> I didn't hear a sneeze. I, I thought you were just laughing. I was no, wondering I, like, if I was just really that funny or if you were being I, dumb. Like like as soon as you started reading it, I was just overcome with laughter. You had you didn't even say anything like particularly funny. I just like like I, I laughed and that made me sneeze and then I started laughing more. <laughs> this is how it is to be me. You're now like experiencing my sense of humor. How does it feel? Damn. It's wonderful. I also like how the the bears aren't like dash ones, they're just regular bears. <laughs> Well, There's nothing anomalous. I, yeah, except for the uh, the uh, exponential and imaginary grizzly bears. Well, Sergio, what? It's math. It's math. They're all actually no. Oh no, there are instances. Subject one three one three dash zero zero a two four is pictured there, and it's just a bear. I love it. I love it too. Who's reading <laughs> the next one? I'd be down to read all of them, but I think everybody else wants to. Uh, Share at least a little bit. Read all of them. Uh, yeah. Another like Matt reads. I'll, I, I'd probably like to read. Alright. Well, you get to uh, you get to voice something. I get to you voice get to voice something. something. Oh yeah. boy! Yes. You get a voice. This it. is two seven three zero, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Phoenix gets to voice something. So, do you want to narrate it all, or should I narrate it and then you and I share the addendum? I guess we share the addendum. <clears throat> SCP-2730 is contained in a standard humanoid containment cell in Site-42. The Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> in the public eye is a biological facsimile that must be monitored by a covert detail at all times. <laughs> the mask made of Gilbert Gottfried's skin is currently in cold storage in the Site-42 Biotechnology Laboratory. Skin cultures from Gilbert Gottfried's face are to be harvested and used to generate biological facsimiles of Gilbert Gottfried via the Lilith Protocol. Oh when the God. current active facsimile of the Gottfried begins to degrade, it is to be discreetly terminated and replaced by a new Gottfried. If the current facsimile dies before degrading, such as from a heart attack or a car crash, no further external protocols are required. SCP-2730 is a mallard-like humanoid that humans perceive to be the American actor and comedian Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> You are both so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh my god. What are you guys laughing at? Oh my god. They've lost their minds. The Godfrey got them. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> All I said was Gilbert Godfrey's fucking name. Gilbert Godfrey is so fucking funny, though. <laughs> oh 
God. It's in the name. Gilbert Godfried. The name and the person combined. All right. I'm going to have to read that part again because we got cut off by one whole fucking minute of laughter. Sorry, I'm so retarded. SCP-2730 is a mallard-like humanoid that humans perceive to be the American actor and comedian Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) This perceptive effect extends to Kai and Phoenix's brain causing them to laugh like fucking idiots! And it also extends to the naked eye and ordinary camera viewing. Sonar, infrared, and thaumaturgic viewing indicates that SCP-2730's true form is that of a human-sized mallard. It has webbed feet and abnormally long cylindrical wings with tumor-like protuberances for hands. SCP-2730's head is mostly similar to that of a normal wild duck's. Although the beak has been severely deformed and forced against the craniofacial area to simulate a nose and mouth. DNA samples taken from SCP-2730 indicate that it is a member of the mallard species Anas Platyrinchoko. Sergio, read that word. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any links, so Plat- I can't read anything. Platyrinkos. It's in the chat, Kai, on the right side of the, the Zencaster page. I see only Jack Bright because I got here late. Yeah, oh, just, this, is, this is this is SCP two seven thirty. There is no scroll up. That's there it. There is no scroll right, up. It just doesn't update it. Thank you. Shame. Uh, I guess that explains why you were laughing so hard. Everything was literally just coming out of the dark. Yes. Okay. Where where is this? Anas Platyrinkos. Anas Platyrinkos. Thank you. SCP-2730 was initially discovered in 2005 during the filming of the documentary The Aristocrats. The actor, blank blank, was being investigated for anomalous properties. However, sonar and infrared analysis inadvertently revealed 2730's anomalous status instead. SCP-2730 was quickly taken into custody and replaced with a biological facsimile. This procedure, while unorthodox, was adopted for the purposes of testing in-development biomedical and surveillance technologies in a real-world setting. It is unclear how long the SCP was imitating Gilbert Gottfried. At the time of capture, it was found to be wearing a face mask made of skin, designated as 2730-1, that enabled SCP-2730 to resemble Gilbert Gottfried. Analysis of this instance indicates that it is genetically identical to the real Gilbert Gottfried. DNA testing was accomplished with a sample of Gottfried's semen acquired in 1985, the last known point when he was confirmed to be alive. (laughs) Why does the foundation just have Gilbert Gottfried's semen in a lab somewhere? (laughs) Don't they have like every celebrity's semen? <laughs> oh, 
Thank you, Locke's phone. <laughs> Thank you. Fucking incredible comedic timing. Oh my god. Uh... Holy shit. <laughs> Please continue. All right. <clears throat> it is clear, however, that whatever this duration was must have been at least 10 years old by 2005. And now, the addendum, the interview with Instance 1 of SCP-2730. Dated July 16th. This interview was taped using both a regular and an infrared security camera. The interviewer is me, Dr. Rothfuss, or Rothfuss. I can't pronounce my own name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I gotta get fucking ready for this. Are you ready, Phoenix? Alright. Are ya? Yeah. Okay, I'm going. Good morning. I am Dr. Rothfuss. If you cooperate with me, I can shorten your stay here and make sure your time spent here is as comfortable as possible. Do you know who I am? I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I demand to see my lawyer. Why were you pretending to be Gilbert Gottfried? Pretending? What the hell do you mean? You have no right to keep me here. Rothfuss opens a laptop on the table, and it turns toward SCP-2730. It contains real-time footage from the infrared camera in the interview room. SCP-2730's true appearance is very clearly visible. You are a duck pretending to be Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) The SCP is silent. Please cooperate. I want... To help. I'm the real Gilbert Gottfried. If you tell me the truth, then I can let you go. How are you able to make yourself look like Gilbert Gottfried? Because I am Gilbert Gottfried. There's no point in lying to me. I'll keep going. Why are you pretending to be Gilbert Gottfried? The SCP is silent. Why are you pretending to be Gilbert Gottfried? Where is the real Gilbert Gottfried? The SCP continues to be silent. Where is the real Gilbert Gottfried? Maybe I am a duck. Or maybe you're the duck. Excuse me? At this moment, the camera feed is disrupted for two seconds. When the feed resumes, the infrared feed shows SCP-2730 as Gilbert Gottfried. Well, Rothfuss appears to be an instance of SCP-2730. SCP-2730 turns the laptop back towards Rothfuss so he can see the feed. How did you do that? It's clear to me now. You're the duck. You're trying to trick me to becoming a duck. Please, don't try to trick me. How did you do that? I won't go back. Oh, they'll try to pull me back, but it's going to be you now, won't it? Because you're the duck. Not a duck. My name is Edward Rothfuss. You're a duck pretending to be Edward Rothfuss. Have you done something to me? The better question is, what did you do? 
What did you do with the real Edward Rothfuss? I am the real Edward Rothfuss. Security, please be advised. I think I've been compromised. Tell me the truth. What did you do with the real Edward Rothfuss? Nothing. I am Edward Rothfuss. How are you able to make yourself look like Edward Rothfuss? Because I am Edward Rothfuss. Prove it! Take off your goddamn mask and show me that you're the real Edward Rothfuss. Dr. Rothfuss puts his hands to his face and is able to peel the skin of his face away. As the skin peels away, he is revealed to be an instance of SCP-2730 on the non-infrared feed as well. At that moment, the on-duty security team enters the room and terminates the interview. Following the events of the interview, Dr. Rothfuss was designated as another instance of the SCP. Due to his positive history with the Foundation, Rothfuss has been allowed to keep his instance of SCP-2730-1 and remain in Foundation employ as a Class E personnel with Level 2 clearance. In accordance with standard humanoid containment protocols, Rothfuss has been implanted with a subdermal GPS tracking chip. What wow. the fuck? <laughs> I'm it's just gaslighting. <laughs> I think the scariest part is you're still not sure at the end of reading that if it's actually Gilbert Gottfried being the SCP or if something did that and then made a different version of him. Of course it's the real Gilbert Gottfried. Come on. Uh, I need answers. Didn't you see the interview? I need answers, but there are none here. Anyways, that was fun. I liked both of those SCPs. They're a great change of pace. And what I like about them is they're still just a little unnerving to think about actually being real. Like, all the humor of that SCP comes from the simple fact that it's imitating Gilbert Gottfried. There's nothing else funny about it. In fact, everything <laughs> I mean, else is dog. horrifying. No, Gilbert it's a Gottfried duck here. with fucking tumor fingers. There's nothing funny about that. No, <laughs> no, don't chuckle. Gilbert Gottfried here. I will steal your face. Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, on to 1233. Does anybody else want to read this one, or shall I continue being Matt Reads the podcast? Uh, I, 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 can, I can take this next one. Thank you. All right, so item number 1233. This one's been updated with the new fancier format. Level 3 Confidential. Containment Class, Keter. Disruption Class, Eki. Risk Class, Danger. Special Containment Procedures. 1233's anomalous physical properties are all, all but preclude the possibility of primary containment, and as such, secondary containment measures are considered adequate until feasible method of physical containment is devised. Foundation Satellite Observation Network Argos Atmospheric Reconnaissance Global Observation System is to enter priority to high alert status three years and six months following the last observed 1233 departure event. When Argos detects 1233 in the upper upper thermosphere, a contingent from any nearby covert amnestization and disinformation multiple task force will be dispatched to the population center closest to the terminus of 1233's descent trajectory. 
after the entity's departure from Earth orbit, all appearances of and damages caused by SCP-1233 are to be accounted for with a suitable cover story in conjunction with media blackout, and any civilians having witnessed an overt display of 1233's anomalous effects are to be amnesticized at MTF discretion. Mass amnestization of the affected city may be authorized in the event of unusually prolonged 1233 appearances. Update, October 5th, 2017. Up, under no circumstances are foundational personnel permitted to interact or engage with SCP-1233 in any capacity. That's a little weird to me, because usually people redact dates. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, 1233 is a humanoid entity of unknown composition, which visually resembles an a individual wearing an EMU-type uh, spacesuit with opaque visor and attached extravehicular propulsion jetpack. Uh, there is a picture of SCP-1233, it is just an astronaut in your typical astronaut suit circa 1986. Uh, the equipment worn by 1233 exhibits a number of anomalous properties. The suit itself has been has shown durability far exceeding that of a standard space suit. 1233 has to date withstood small arms fire, anti-tank munitions, landmines, white phosphorus munitions, and in one sense, total submersion in magma without sustaining any observable damage or decreasing functionality. The suit material is also opaque to all attempted forms of penetrative scanning, up to and including ultrasonic, radio, microwave, and x-ray emitters. The entity's jetpack, while ostensibly designed to be practical only in low-gravity orbital conditions and powered by compressed nitrogen, instead appears to utilize some form of anomalous, anomalously high-powered rocket propulsion system. This device can sustainably generate thrust capable of rapidly accelerating the entity to a maximum observed velocity of approximately 40,500 kilometers per hour. Uh... Slightly greater than Earth's service level escape velocity, and can alter 1233's trajectory in any direction at speeds and rates of acceleration deceleration that would be instantly fatal to any human. 1233's physical strength is correspondingly anomalous. It has demonstrated the ability to lift and throw objects weighing 65,000 kilograms, can do so repeatedly without showing any signs of fatigue, in defiance of multiple physical laws. 1233 is capable of communicating through a loudspeaker installed in its suit, and does so in a loud, somewhat grandiloquent and declamatory male voice, just demonstrating fluency in a number of languages and adjusting its speech to conform with whatever language is most commonly spoken by the surrounding populace. Its statements are generally coherent in structure, but are frequently rambling, oblique, irrelevant to the present situation or lacking discernible context. SCP-1233's behavior, behavior is erratic, unpredictable, gregarious, cordial, and somewhat destructive each four of those descriptors leading to different tales. Though its appearances are typically brief and infrequent, with sightings occurring once only four to five years. The 1233 arrival event will begin with the entity falling from an unknown height above Earth's surface, generally at a terminal velocity comparable to a small meteorite or atmospheric re-entry vehicle. 1233 will exhibit red-orange thermal radiance typical of these objects and result in atmospheric friction. And such, 1233 is commonly mistaken for a meteorite or shooting star during its descent. It will then crash land, causing a minor localized seismic event and sizable impact crater. In almost all cases, 1233 has landed a moderate distance between 7 and 30 kilometers. I guess that's considered moderate. Mike Freeney, take notes. Uh, away from the outer limits of a population center, usually a small to mid-sized town with a population not exceeding 30,000. It will then climb out of the crater and travel toward the nearby town, either via flight or on foot. Its route to the population center is usually not direct. 
SCP-1233 will frequently stop to engage in various activities, seemingly at random. Examples of observed detour behaviors include inspecting various objects like farm equipment, buildings, and plants, standing still for variable amounts of time, chasing small insects, grasshoppers, and butterflies. Kai, are you SCP-1233? I could be. I spent an entire summer doing just that, so I could be. Attempting to greet, converse with, or interrogate animals such as livestock and birds. Uh oh. Yeah, it's Kai. That's me. Oh, pulling fuck. up root vegetables or picking fruits from bushes and trees and pressing them forcefully into its closed visor in an apparent attempt to eat them. Marching. That's me. On... <laughs> it's... Oh my god. Marching directly into bodies of water, such as ponds and lakes, among others, normally not resulting in any significant property damage. I like to believe SCP-1233 found the anomalous lake, and he was like, I wonder who those those bodies are in the water, and he just, like, walked in, <laughs> and they couldn't oh pull him down, and God, he walked out. people in need of help! <laughs> I, can see, I can see that happening. You know, I want to believe that SCP-1233 has killed countless scps leaving them all absolutely horrified of him <laughs> upon reaching the town limits 1233 will engage in further activities which due to its curiosity appearance and extreme physical strength and lack of understanding of human societal conventions will generally result in civil unrest and destruction of public and private property the following video transcript provides a typical example of 1233 interaction with the local populace date can august i please 9th, be 1233 you can be 1233 yes august 9th 2009 security camera footage confiscated from sam sweets a bakery and cafe located in downtown saratoga springs new york <laughs> usa 1233 opens the front door and enters cafe behind the counter is an overweight bearded man who identifies as bob parsons 32 co-owner of the establishment parsons raises his eyebrow upon scp 1233's entry Locke, you seem like a 32-year-old man who's slightly overweight. Would you like to uh, read this? Um, sure. I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be Mr. Parsons here. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. It's like 90 degrees out there. I kept being dedicated to your cosplay and all, but goddamn. 1233 approaches the register and salutes briefly. Greetings, little girl. I am Moon Champion, <laughs> champion of the moon, defender of space justice and destroyer of evil. I have come once again to your charming world to learn more of your strange culture and to seek aid for my people in their ongoing war against the moon monsters. You appear to possess a vast wealth of the fabled nutrients and moisture for which this known it this world is known throughout the galaxy. Are you the president of this planet? <laughs> <laughs> based Parson laughs for an approximately a minute and then reaches into a display case below the counter while wiping tears from his eyes holy fuck man that is the funniest shit i heard in like at least a year what's up moon champion i'm bob and you get a free cookie for making me bust the gut so hard i thought i was gonna puke up my own spine here Parsons offers the cookies to SCP-1233. The entity takes it from the shopkeeper. Ah, one of your human parakeets, I see. Yes, I, Moon <laughs> Champion, accept this small bird on behalf of the moon and solemnly pledge to use the energy it provides to advance the cause of righteousness. L-33 <laughs> rams the cookie into its unopened visor. The impact instantly destroys the confection and forcefully scatters crumbs in all directions. Delicious! 
I thank you, Lord President of Earth, for this generous gift, and may the light of justice forever shine upon your royal visage. The baker laughs again and begins eating a cookie of his own. <clears throat> <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool, Moon Bro. I'll just clean that up later. Don't worry about it or anything. So there's monsters, huh? On the moon? And you fight them? Your understanding of the situation is flawless, my lord. Yes, the dreaded moon monsters have plagued and besieged my people for countless millennia. They are very terrible. Merely attempting to describe them to you would cause your human organs to shrivel in horror. And it is my sacred duty as moon champion to meet these nightmarish beasts in combat and lead <laughs> the moon people in the defense of their imperiled homeland, the majestic and magnificent moon kingdom. Parsons continues eating his cookie and nods. Oh, so you're like uh, one of those alien dudes. They're the king or something. No, I am not one of the moon people. I am moon champion. I will continue to serve the moon people and wage glorious war against their enemies until my debt to the moon king is repaid. But the moon kingdom is a land of peace and enlightenment. The moon people are having abandoned the pettiness of violence and bloodshed eons ago. They are ill-prepared for the sudden advent of such a formidable foe, and the conflict goes poorly despite the valiant efforts of me, moon champion and so i have come once more to earth our closest neighbor to seek whatever assistance lies within your damp meaty hearts throughout this monologue tall 33's right arm has risen into the air gradually until its hand is outstretched above its head parsons points at it do you uh have a question yes several to start are these puppies you have capable of understanding the vacuum of space without additional shielding i would like to befriend one and name her Moon Pup, and take her with me on space adventures. Your, your arm, dude. Tall three pauses and turns its head to look at its arm. Ah, yes. It has become buoyant, an aspect of your mighty balloons, another common side effect of your Earth atmosphere, similar to electricity and swarms of locusts. Either that, or there are laser beasts within this quadrant. I have studied the Earth quite extensively. Its phenomena are disgusting. And incredible. Huh. Now, Lord President Mayor of Earth, will you answer the Moon King's call and assist us in our desperate battle against the moon monsters? Time is of the essence. Time waits for no moon champion. I have asked it nicely. It did not listen. Oh, so... so like, as you can see, Moon Dude, as President, I have uh, responsibilities. This, uh... Supply Depot here is the only source of food for my people, and I've got to, like, uh, stay here. Otherwise, there'll be a famine. You know how that is, but I've ordered the outside citizens to lend a helping hand to anyone who asks. And, uh, oh, look, there's right outside. There's some. 1233 turns to look at the glass door where there are passerby visible. Yes, of course. You have been most voluptuous, my liege. Farewell, glorious and corpulent president. May you and your people remain moist and rubbery. Moon champion blasts off on wings of justice. Moist. 1233 salutes once more, turns about, marches forward, crashing directly through a section of concrete wall less than 10 feet from the establishment entrance. What a lad. What an absolute what legend a, Moon Champion is. Literally amazing. He's just pure and amazing. I, I need a comic, a series about Moon <laughs> Champion. I need Moon Champion to team up with Gilbert Godfrey Duck and go on adventures. 
Yes. Wow, Moon Champion. I didn't know you could kill people. <laughs> what are you going to go to space for? Maybe, maybe at the end of the year when I do my yearly League of Extraordinary Fan and Story, I'll include Moon Champion as part of the team. Moon Please. Champion, the hero of all of our hearts. So, other observed behaviors have included wandering into traffic, which due to its anomalous properties have resulted in lethal collisions, breaking through glass storefronts to handle or inspect wares on display, challenging a fire hydrant to single combat, which is then destroyed via punching, stealing and gathering unattended bicycles, forming a pile hundreds in the center of a public park, stacking parked cars on top of one another, collecting as many dogs as possible, attempting to use them as currency to purchase more dogs, <laughs> and more. <laughs> All three, three exploits... Invariably result in local authorities being summoned by the citizenry. However, attempts by the police to impede, detain, or arrest Toll 33 have been entirely ineffective and are ignored by the entity in majority of cases. To date, Toll 33 has not caused overt and deliberate harm to any civilian, though casualties and fatalities have occurred as a result of its unpredictable behavior and physical properties. After spending a variable amount of time, uh, shortest observed thus far was 30 minutes, longest 7 hours within a given municipality. 1233 will abruptly activate its jetpack and ascend directly upward, reaching escape velocity and exiting Earth's atmosphere with greater speed than any non-anomalous vehicle on record. Ground-based and orbital telescope observation of the of the recent 1233 departures have shown that its general outbound trajectory is consistent during each event. 1233 departures have shown... Oh, wait. Uh, exits Earth's orbit and maintains velocity while adjusting course directly towards the moon. At its average speed of roughly 40,500 kilometers per hour, the entity enters lunar orbit approximately within nine hours. It will overshoot slightly and adjust course, passing out of view, presumably either demanifesting somehow or landing on the far side of the moon. None of 1233's claims regarding the moon have been successfully verified. Since 1233's initial appearance on February 6th, 1986, Foundation research divisions have maintained constant surveillance of the moon and attempt to acquire concrete proof of its statements. No evidence indicating the existence of a moon kingdom, a moon people, moon monsters, or any other moon-based extranormal objects or entities mentioned by 1233 had ever been found. That's 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 disappointing. I was hopefully they like turned their like satellites and you just see a moon champion just game ending a bunch of chud monsters and he's just been doing this <laughs> for like 40 years. <laughs> terrestrial research personnel have maintained continual contact with lunar area 32 provisional research station supervisors containing aspects of 1233 since its initial registry hypothesizing that area 32's powerful and comprehensive sentinel array would be able to capable of confirming or refuting 1233's allegations with ease not only have lunar base consistently failed to uncover any indication that his assertions are authentic in any way but no anomaly or matching or object matching 1233's description has ever been recorded by Sentinel's hundreds of detectors, despite the existence of a multitude of Earth-based telescopic video recordings, which clearly show 1233 entering the inner bound of Sentinel's optimal sensor range and flying directly over Lunar Area 32. Lunar personnel were only made aware of the entity's existence in the SCP registry upon terrestrial command's request that they transmit all data concerning 1233's first appearance to Earth for storage and analysis, three hours following the entity's disappearance. No such data existed. No definitive explanation for the observational discrepancy has been found. Addendum. 1233-01. During 1233's most recent arrival on October 5th, 2017, 1233 addressed a male civilian in downtown Hereford, England. 1233 approached Godzall, that's his name, Harry Godzall, 27, uh, and asked him if he'd be willing to join the fight against the moon monsters, as opposed to each observed iteration of the 
iteration of this interaction thus far in which the civilian position 1233 either disregards the question or answers in the negative, Godzall sardonically replied, Oh, absolutely, you fucking nutta. I'm ready to go right now. Got my toothbrush and everything. Let's fly, spaceman. 1233 responded, At last! Oh, sorry, 1233. Yes, at last! A brave warrior hiding in plain sight amongst these pastoral and bucolic humans. Let us... Away, fair meat fellow, and earn the glory of heroes. This day you brush your tooths amongst the stars. We fly. The entity lurched forward and embraced Godzall, and then activated his jetpack. The resultant sonic boom shattered every item of glassware within a 300-meter radius as Hull 33 God. accelerated to a projective velocity of 25,000 kilometers per hour within approximately four seconds, ascending into low orbit with Godzall in tow. Due to the unexpected timing of this event, observational satellites were unable to properly focus on SCP-1233 during the early stage of its exit trajectory. As such, Godzall's presence and status were unable to be visually confirmed. After the amnestization of all Hereford citizens witnessing the event, Godzall was officially declared missing and thus pronounced dead three months later. The condition whereabouts of his remains are currently unknown. Wow. That's a little unnerving. Moon champion. I think this is like my new favorite SCP, honestly. This is a really good one. <laughs> also, is, is, is a fucking moon champion like a fucking common rider? He is a hero for justice. I believe he would fight for the, the hearts of the children. Yeah, and he fucking fights moon monsters and shit. I also see that uh, the author of this, Cadaver Commander, is the the, the the author of stories involving a character named Joey Fucknuts. Mm. Oh, those ones are fun. Those are uh, zombie metal gearheads. You can do one of those. Hold up. There's anomalous beeping. <laughs> I apologize for the anomalous beeping. Was that your anomalous beeping? I think so. I think it's like an emergency vehicle of some sort or something like that. It sounded I don't like, know. Like, there, like a truck backing up. There was apparently an armored vehicle like somewhere in town earlier today, but I forget why. P- possibly an there? SCP containment breach. We don't know. Hmm. Shall I read the next? Uh, Yes, SCP-3900. Recovered SCP-3900 hardware is to be destroyed prior to the next occurrence of a full moon. In the case that SCP-3900 is activated in an uncontrolled setting, care must be taken to ensure that no wolves escape. One wireless router infected with SCP-3900 is to be stored in a secure containment locker. All testing must be conducted within a Faraday cage enclosure to prevent unintended infection. The presence of an animal handler is required for testing. Object Class Euclid SCP-3900 is an anomalous contagious property of wireless access points. SCP-3900 is spread between devices in proximity when both are turned on. This effect is correlated with the overlapping of Wi-Fi signals between the two and can be prevented through sufficient shielding. Infection requires an average of three days of uninterrupted contact between the two devices. As such, spread of SCP-3900 is limited in uncontrolled settings, although particularly connected spaces do pose a risk of serious epidemic. 
3900 becomes active when the infected device is enabled and a full moon is present above the horizon. At this point, a number of timber wolves will appear in the area currently covered by the wireless access point, which then ceases to transmit a signal. Wolf density is typically very high, at approximately one wolf per square meter. Wolves usually display signs of distress or confusion, but are docile. Wolves created through the SCP process do not exhibit wireless connectivity and are otherwise non-anomalous. When the full moon is no longer above the horizon, the SCP is turned off and all wolves in the area, excepting wolves not related to SCP-3900, will disappear. It is currently unclear whether the wolves in subsequent 3900 activations are the same or if a new population is generated each time. Addendum during a test on 22042016, junior researcher Beckett was superficially bitten by a wolf produced by 3900. On the full moon 21052016, one month later, wireless interference was detected around Beckett, and she was found to be uniformly emitting radio waves in a similar frequency to those of wireless access points. This effect ceased when the moon set. Beckett was contained and subsequently instructed to superficially bite a D class. On the full moon, 2006-2016, the following month, D-7649 began to produce wolves in his vicinity. Just as with SCP-3900, these wolves vanished upon the end of the full moon. 7649 D-Class was instructed to superficially bite a restrained, non-anomalous wolf. On the full moon of 1907-2016, the following month, the wolf's enclosure began to fill with hundreds of wireless routers of varying make and model. All routers disappeared when the moon set. Further testing has been discontinued. What the fuck? <laughs> I like how it's... Everything is completely normal until the addendum when things escalate so fucking quickly. <laughs> but what happens if you bite a router? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> what happens if a router bites you? Well, there I think are, then uh, you're back at the beginning. There are two wolves inside of you. <laughs> One of them emits radio <laughs> waves. <laughs> Dear God. Sergio, I hate that thing you just sent me. <laughs> oh, God. I hate the double Wojak meme. <laughs> For those listening, I sent, I sent Matt and Kai a picture of the Soy Jacks pointing at SCP-173. Alright, shall I do the next, or does, uh, do you want to read one of these, Locke? Phoenix? What are you thinking? I can go yeah, as long as you guys want. I'll, uh, I'll get into one. I've been, uh, been a little quiet, let's say. 2941, right. is that the one we're on? Yep. Sure. Yeah. Alright. Uh, I guess I'll take the next one after Locke. Uh, all known instances of SCP-2941 are to be kept within separate and fully isolated biocontainment chambers within biolog Biological Containment Site 103. Instances should be provided with four to six hours of direct light from an overhead fluorescent. Each instance must be checked at least four times a day to confirm the specimen morale levels fall within mandated, uh, mandated guidelines. Uh, for more information, see document 2941M5. Any measures of specimen morale levels failing ab uh, falling above standard containment parameters should be reported immediately to the current project head. Should standard demoralization acts prove insufficient, 
please consult document 2941 DM1 for stage B countermeasures. Uh, since incident 3-2, interaction with the SCP is limited to researchers with level 3 clearance. Additionally, transport of the instances to and from other 103 research wings must be carried out in pre-approved routes free of Foundation personnel traffic. Description SCP-2941 is the collective designation for an anomalous population of fruits and vegetables. Instances only superficially resemble their non-anomalous counterparts and differ from non-anomalous fruits and veggies in uh, both behavior and growth patterns. SCP-2941 instances possess limited sensory awareness, are capable of locomotion, and furthermore, some have shown the ability to speak, though how the SCP instances manage to vocalize is currently unknown. Under optimal containment conditions, the physical size of each instance of SCP-2941 conforms to the average size of comparable specimens in its particular species. However, rapid growth will occur when any instance is presented with verbal and or physical affection as well as any other kind of positive reinforcement, just like me. Instances will also exhibit this property when engaging in pleasurable activities. No upper bound of SCP-2941's enlargement has been shown through on-site testing and by Foundation computer modeling. Proper demoralization must be maintained on a regular basis as any instance left alone for a period between 3-5 to five hours will begin growing at a noticeable rate. Foundation researchers have hypothesized that each instance uh, has an innately highly positive self-image that must be countered at all times. So we have a log of the fruit. Uh, their number and special notes about them. So the first one is a red delicious apple and special notes. It's primary pleasure vector involved rolling around in a circular path within its containment cell until all researchers were able to convince it that any movement at all will awaken a massive parasitic worm living inside it. Uh, it should continue to be made clear that removing the worm from dash one is simply beyond the foundation's capabilities. Dash two is a fennel. The main morale boost comes from engaging in the popular children's game Peekaboo by being placed underneath a piece of fabric large enough to completely cover it, and then having the fabric quickly pulled away. Tests have shown that Dash 2's greatest demoralization occurs when the fabric is simply left covering it, and no attempt is made to assist it while it tries to roll free. The longest time to date that Dash 2 has been trapped beneath the fabric is 16 days, which, as test models predicted, coincided with record uh, low morale. Honeydew Melon, Dash 3, is very quick to notice nearby individuals and will repeatedly vocalize questions regarding the quality of its roundness. To minimize misunderstanding of uh, SCP-2941-3's part, uh, researchers must be sure to always respond to each query with the statement, You are a hideous cube. Cavendish Banana, Dash 4 compulsively attempts to show off its ability to balance vertically on its stem. 2941-4 should always be contained within a biochamber specifically modeled with a floor that constantly pivots up and down at random angles and direction, preventing Dash 4 from balancing. The Green Pepper Dash 5 regularly vocalizes concerns about the well-being of the rest of the 2941 instances. Dash 5 is to always be told that all the other specimen uh, have made it clear to Foundation personnel that they wish Dash 5 would mind its own business and that its consideration is unwanted. Persian Lime is Dash 6. Uh, its morale has been shown to be markedly, uh, 
has been shown to markedly increase when placed in a silent containment cell. Researchers are to do hourly checks to confirm that the speaker placed within its current biochamber is functioning correctly and that the audio file chosen by the current head researcher is playing on an uninterrupted loop at a minimum of 90 decibels. At the time of writing, the sound of a knife scraping a glass bottle has been playing for 84 days. <laughs> God, that sounds like fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> fucking torturing all these poor little fruits. Yeah, like, the other ones are just like, oh, that's kind of mean. I kind of feel bad. But no, this is just hell. Well, I mean, Why would the, you the, do the, that? The melon, his whole body image is your hideous cube. I mean, this is... That's horrible. Poor little melon. God, imagine if it got called a fucking pyramid. Right? Dash 7 is a turnip. Uh, it has frequently expressed repeated desire to only be referred to as Terry. Foundation personnel are expressly forbidden from doing so. But, if absolutely necessary, they should refer to it directly, condescendingly, and repeatedly as any other name besides Terry. Names producing the most severe demoralization vectors so far include Ferguson, Wingding, and Buds. Dash 8 are two button mushrooms. As this pair has shown to prefer close visual contact, each separate instance should be kept in detached opaque chambers a minimum of four meters apart. If the situation requires, researchers are allowed to converse with the instances separately, with a sole focus on pointing out how the other member of the pair had been given the opportunity to be placed back together, but voluntarily and happily turned it down. Oh my gosh! Jesus. Dash 9 is a peach. It has often expressed displeasure with all forms of physical contact by Foundation researchers. Any researcher involved with the study of Dash 9 should mark on Form 9C how many times they were able to flick it with their finger throughout their work shift. What? Dash 10 is a cantaloupe. Has a predilection, uh, as a predilection for wanting to tell jokes to Foundation staff. Morale reduction has been maximized by initiating procedure 2941-10-A, which dictates that 2941-10 be allowed to tell any joke it wishes, but should be addressed immediately afterwards with angrily delivered comments regarding how poorly the joke was constructed and or how Dash 10 has profoundly hurt the joke recipient's feelings. Dash 11 is an eggplant. As long as Dash 11 has been under Foundation's care, it has repeatedly vocalized only one sentence without variation. Hoo boo, I love you. Dash 11's morale, through much experimentation, shown to decrease the most when addressed with a carefully enunciated response, you should be hurled into the trash. Incident 294132. Due to a sudden and substantial water leak from Site-103's Antarctic Gardens, one floor directly above Dash 3's containment cell, a decision was made by junior researcher Metcalf to temporarily move it to an empty research room down the hall. At the same time, testing had just finished for the day with SCP redacted and 10 D class personnel. As the remaining seven were being led back to the on site Class D barracks, they passed Metcalf transporting Dash 3 the opposite way down the same corridor. Ignoring established transport silence protocols, D-34987 was later heard from recovered surveillance camera systems data to loudly call out, Hey baby, those are some nice round melons you got there. 
Junior researcher Metcalf, the seven Class D personnel, the two security officers leading them, and 13 other nearby Foundation site staff were instantly crushed when 2941-3 underwent the most rapid growth ever recorded by an instance. Establishing morale levels low enough to recontain it took eight hours and updated containment procedures were immediately put into effect. Well, that's... I don't know how to feel about that one. Horrifying produce I, torture. I Sometimes it, they just it, like it's to a funny them. kind of sad. I don't think I've ever felt so sad for for produce. I'm gonna I go have. to the goddamn grocery I, store one day, and I'll make sure to tell all the cantaloupes, "Hey, you're you're a perfectly spherical object." I I I, 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 I that's heartwarming. This, I, I this, has like, a, this has a happy ending. Yeah, I, I do like the melon getting its vengeance at the end. Yes. What's your favorite of all of the all of the instances? I feel mm. like turnip. Turnip's my favorite. As, Greg uh, Chudley the turnip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking Jake being like, call me Greg Chudley, and it's like, okay, Jake. Alright, well, on the next one. Yeah, sure. Four four nine eight, I believe, right? This one, uh, I believe, this should have enough parts for pretty much everybody. Hmm. This is going awesome. to be a little more interactive than the other ones. Ooh, this is it? a this is a special thing thing of Bob special page crossover event. Hell Yo, crossover yeah! Event. Infinity War. Shall I narrate it? Go ahead. Special containment procedures. For this SCP-4498, its containment class is Euclid, its disruption class is Level 3, Hinek, and Risk class, Caution, Level 2, Restricted Access. All instances of SCP-4498 are to be restricted to the 4498 Quarantined Exclusion Zone, formerly Site-53 near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, USA. Interaction with the SCP instances should be limited outside of official diplomatic operations, and under no circumstances are any instances of the SCP permitted to leave the quarantined area. In the event of additional rioting events, Applied Task Force Bright 99, oh no you don't, is to subdue the instances of SCP-4498 <laughs> using non-lethal means if possible. These procedures are to remain in place until such time as the effects of 4498 can be fully mitigated. Management of the SCP's effects are under the jurisdiction of the Department of Internal Resolution and Regional Research Director, Kane Pathas Crow. SCP-4498 is the group designation for the 325-plus men, women, animals, and anomalous entities who were previously assigned to or contained at Foundation Site-53 and who, as a result of an accident involving another anomalous artifact, have all assumed the consciousness of Foundation Dr. Jack Bright. SCP-4498 was created as a result of an unexpected interaction between a now-neutralized anomalous artifact and SCP-963. On May 9th, 2018, Dr. Bright arrived at Site-53 to work with researchers assigned to SCP-Unknown, a small porcelain cat statue that seemed to negate or depress the effects of nearby anomalies when its tail was turned clockwise. While inspecting the artifact personally, Dr. Bright turned the tail counterclockwise. 
having not been properly briefed that the tail could only be turned clockwise from its resting position. Edit pending approval. This resulted in the tail of the artifact breaking off and Dr. Bright's hand accidentally triggering a different, previously unknown, latent anomalous effect that interacted with and amplified the effect of SCP-963. What does SCP-963 do? Do we want that context? Will it explain it? Uh, that's uh, that's the, the amulet that the one guy wears, so whenever he dies, anyone that touches it becomes him. Oh, yeah. So he's uh, like a mortal. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Incident log IL4498-1. The following is a transcript of a video recording of the moment that SCP-4498 was created. What do you guys want to be? Bright. I'll be, uh, I'll be Hammerling. Alright. I'll be Fox, I guess. Ulrich and Fox. Alright. I'll be Fox. Alright. You'll see there on the par, uh, you'll see there on the paw marking. We think that's maybe the signature of the creator, or some other craftsman mark, so we're... Yeah, yeah, I see that. Let me see here. Okay, that's interesting. Ulrich. Who's Ulrich? Sergio should be Ulrich. Alright, <clears throat> we've printed up our report. If you're interested in seeing the data, there are some really interesting figures in here. We might actually be able to apply this information to our anchors division. Yeah, I see that. Picks up the SCP. So what did you do? Just turn the tail? Uh, which, which direction? Clockwise, but I wouldn't without proper... <laughs> Wait, no, the other... <laughs> Dr. Bright turns the tail counterclockwise and kicks it off, and it falls to the floor. Oh. Whoops. The lights in the room flicker as they do across the entire site. When the security camera reboots, SCP-4498 Hammerling, Ulrich, and Fox are standing up, having collapsed to the ground moments before. Hang. Wait, what? What? What happened? What do you mean, what happened? I was just... Hold up. You're me. Excuse me? What are you talking about? He's me. I'm him. Or wait, who am I? That's my body. Is that the, is this that stupid cat thing? What did it do? Did we all get swapped around or something? Uh, no, I... That's probably it. All right, on the count of three, everyone say who you are. Ready? Okay. One, two, three... Jack, Jack right. Uh-oh. Addendum 4498.2. Emergency communication log EC4498-1. The following is a transcript of a call made from the Site 53 emergency line. The call was made using the authorization code on Dr. Jack Bright's ID badge. As protocol determined, the call was routed to SCP Foundation Senior Regional Director Sophia Light at Site 17. Sergio, who's probably going to be able to be a uh, best the girl is yes. here. Cracks <clears throat> fingers. Phone ringing. This is <clears throat> this is Sophia. Thank God, Sophia. It's Jack. Uh, w w I don't have a lot of time. We Jack, slow down. What's going on? I can barely hear you. Sophia, I think I really screwed the pooch this time. Shag the hound. Fuck the pup. It's bad, Sophia. R really, really bad. 
Jack, please. I'm so busy today. I can't. I know, I know, but this one's properly buggered, Sophia. We were looking on that dumb little cat thing and that we were going to use to anchor the trials, right? Maybe maybe two hours ago. I, I don't know. I was looking at it, and then I went to turn the tail. Clockwise, right? Yes, clockwise. Uh, when I turned it uh, clockwise, it broke in my hand, just like that. Poof. Poof. Just like that. So what happened? You broke it and then what? Hang on. Saying I broke it is really a misnomer. It's more like it just... Jack. (sighs) Right, sorry. Anyways, the lights started flickering, and when everything calmed down, they, 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 um... They what, Jack? They what? They're all me! Every single one of them, Sophia. I... I know I'm me, obviously. I'm wearing the fucking amulet, but... Jack, hello? Oh, Christ, Sophia. They, they all think they're me. Or maybe they are me. I, I don't know, but they're absolutely fucking mental. Sophia, they're, they're out They're out here storming around, throwing shit, writing naughty words on the whiteboard. They're mad, every single one of them. The site is in fucking lockdown. I'm sitting here in a goddamn shitter trying to stay out of sight, and I need a goddamn evac, Sophia. Jack, I'm really, really busy today. Why does this always happen when I'm busy? Well, okay, just send a task force or something. What about man? Can't man do something about this? Man is away, Jack. He's at a conference off-site. Okay, well, where's the fucking conference at? And I'll call him myself. Site 53. 53? Yeah, his team got there maybe 10-15 minutes ago. <clears throat> Jack. Sophia, I'm at Site 53. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Addendum 4498.3 Video Log 4498-1 A camera is recording an empty hallway. The camera begins to shake slightly. Agent Troy Lament sprints down the hallway, screeching wildly. Regional Director Everett Mann, Dr. Justine Everwood, Dr. Arvind Diesel, Dr. Charles Gears, and Regional Research Director Kane Pathos Crow also run down the hallway. The hallway is empty with the camera, still shaking. Then, a mob of SCP-4498 instances run down the hallway five seconds after they exit. They are carrying broken pieces of furniture from the staff lounge, as well as kitchen utensils and at least three tires of unknown origin. Within 15 seconds, the hallway is empty. Ten seconds later, SCP-4498 Clef enters the hallway. He stops to lean against the wall, breathing heavily and complaining about Agent Clef's physical fitness. After a moment, SCP-4498 Clef stumbles back into a trot and leaves the hall. Incident Log IL-4498-2, Addendum 4498.4 After several hours of radio silence from a locked-down Site-53, Mobile Task Force RIA-7 Gate Guns arrived on site to lift the lockdown and assist with de-escalating the situation. The following is a transcript of the video recording captured from RH-8 Leeds body camera. MTF RH-8 passes the site checkpoint and enters the Site-53 inner yard. 
They stop in front of the main door and windows, which have been boarded up. RH-8 members exchange uncertain glances. Uh, hello, is anybody there? Dr. Bright? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Uh, my name is Agent Cody Barnes of Rhea 8. We're here to extract you. Which one of you is Jack Bright? SCP-4498 Donaldson appears in the doorway, holding a rifle. Get, Get fucked, it. Tommy Hawk! We're all Jack Bright. Booger off somewhere else. We got this under control. There is the sound of an explosion from somewhere else on site. SCP-4498 Donaldson does not seem surprised. Uh, alright, I understand, but, like, we need to get Dr. Man and his team out of there first, as well as Dr. Bra- uh, SCP-963. Is that alright? Uh, this is a woman, Sergio, so you may want to narrate her. <clears throat> Appearing Doctor... on rooftop. Go ahead. Is that alright? What, are we not bright enough for you? Just because we're not wearing that goddamn amulet means we're not actually Jack Bright? Fuck you. Uh, Alright, look, we're not trying to start anything here. We just need to get in there and extract the individuals we're looking for. Then we can negotiate for whatever else. No, look, gun cook! You're not the bosses around here anymore. Side 53 is under new management. Better management. Uh, Alright, can we talk to them then? A figure appears on the roof alongside SCP-4498 Wilson. She is wearing a tri-point hat and three-quarter length jacket as well as thigh-high boots and a butterfly eye patch. <laughs> the figure scans the task force and then laughs loudly. Uh, uh what? Dr. Kiryu? Hinar! <laughs> <laughs> that be the Pirate Queen Jack to you, you filthy slim dick land. Well, I'll be calling the shots around here from now on, not ye. Don't you dare take another step closer or my boys here will shove a hot poker into your asses. You have to be fucking kidding me. The Pirate Queen Jack Bright and I be not a kidder, ye rotten shark taint. Step <laughs> off the street with ye and be gone from my realm. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna come in now. Sound of gunfire. <laughs> Ray 8 scatters. Ah, <laughs> uh, Christ, I'm really shooting at it. Command, we need backup. Repeat, we are under fire. Uh, no, I mean, uh, I think they're all really terrible shots, so we're not in any immediate danger, no. But they might get lucky, or, uh, yes, sir, we'll just post up here. This is great. <clears throat> Addendum 4498.5. Several video logs. First is VL slash 2. At 13.10.15, a camera is observing the temporary containment cell for SCP-096. Oh, God. Oh, God. <clears throat> Who call, who's, who's calling dibs on 96? SCP-096 had been moved to Site-53 temporarily after being recontained following a containment breach one month earlier that necessitated repairs to its permanent containment cell. SCP-4498 Jones passes by the front of the containment cell. SCP-4498 Jones pauses when they hear a knocking on the cell door. Locke, would you like to be Jones? I'll be Jones, okay. Hello? Who's in there? Does anybody want to be 096? Specifically? 
Who is 096? He's the, the shy screaming guy. guy. Yeah, the shy yeah. guy. Oh, okay. White dude. I think Phoenix should do it. Okay. You're being voluntold. It's me, you asshole. It's Jack. When the site got locked down, I got stuck in here with this fucker and I need to get out. I gotta piss. What the fuck were you doing in Shy Guy's cell? Science, you dumb fuck. What do you think? Hmm, I don't know. This feels like a trap. Is this a trap? Uh, why would this be a trap? I'm the one who's trapped, idiot. Let me out. Hmm, okay. Just so long as you promise this isn't a trap. Fine, whatever. Open the fucking door. <laughs> SCP-4498 open 4498 Jones opens the door. Then 4498 SCP-096 rapidly exits the <laughs> containment chamber <laughs> while cackling. The entity grabs 4498 Jones and throws down the hall the full length of the hallway. <laughs> Fingers crossed, bitch! It was me the whole time! SCP-4498 SCP-096 closes the door to the containment cell. Fuck yeah. This is awesome. It then <gasps> exits. I, I have a question. What would happen if you used 4498 on the IKEA? Does the IKEA gain the sentience of Jack Bright? Does everybody inside of it become a Jack Bright? Yes. Alright, listen here, fucker. Store's closed, so we're gonna give you to the count of three. <clears throat> VL slash three. Dumpster camera number one. Cameras observing the Site-53 trash receptacles. A group of rats sits in front of a dumpster, watching it intently. Suddenly, a figure emerges from the dumpster, covered in refuse. Come, my brothers. Join me in the down below. All SCP-4498 rat instances enter the dumpster. <laughs> SCP-4498 font. Descends. <laughs> <laughs> this is some great comedic writing. I love VL it. slash four exterior camera number seventeen. Several instances of SCP four four nine stand on the deck of a large wooden ship believed to be constructed over the top of a Foundation issue M one Abrams tank. SCP-4498-Z.Kiryu stands at the front of the ship, one leg perched on the prow. Agent Troy Lament is visible, bound to the ship's mast and gagged. Addendum 4498.6 Audio Transcript The following audio was picked up by a microphone attached to a podium in the Site-53 conference hall. Based on the apparent proximity of the voices to the microphone, it is believed that the subjects were located in a nearby storage closet. Who would like to be who here? We've got Crow, Everwood, Gears, Desay, Man. I'll be uh, I'll be Gears and uh, I'll do maybe Man too. Since I can take Paloma. Yeah. I will be Everwood. I'm still Doc Bright. All right, I'll be Desay. Shh, quiet. There's another one coming. Quiet. Come on out, Jack. We got some big old titties. And also Troy. Come on out, Jack. The voices fade into the distance. This sucks. Yep. The silence continues. So, what are we going to do? Good question. Is everyone here? Do we lose anyone? 
I'm here. I'm fine, man. I'm also, uh, Dr. Crow, please get your ass out of my face. Who else? Who, who was Crow? I gotta be Crow. Ah, uh, okay, uh, but I'm over here, Dr. Everwood. I believe that ass might belong to someone else. Who else isn't here? <laughs> Hello, friends. Sounds of a violent scuffle. Whoa, hey, cut it the fuck out. Oh, what's wrong with you? Look, it's me. See, amulet right here. Jesus, that hurt. Get off me. What in the hell are you doing in here, Jack? Hiding. I'm hiding. There are thousands of me out there, and they lost their goddamn minds. Have you seen all the things they were doing? It's like they never read the list. You know this is your fault, Jack. Well, hang on. That's not necessarily true. Teach the controversy, you know, uh, regardless of what happened here. Uh, we're all in this together, right? An uncomfortable silence settles over. <laughs> How much do you think the pirate Jack would give us for him? We could use him to barter for Agent Lament. Now hang on one finger fucking second there, you. On the contrary, comrades, I think we were to clean up this mess. We'll need to utilize some of Dr. Bright's anomalous features to do so. Thank God, finally someone who... Wait, say what? Your um, uh, your amulet's anom anomalous characteristics were imprinted on everyone at this site, but only imprinted, not installed. I believe if we find the cast head, you'll figure out how to repair it, then and then get you to do your thing to it, we might be able to render the site and its inhabitants free from your particular brand of shenanigans. Oh, well, that's not so bad. We, uh... Of course it might break the amulet. What? What? Hmm, sad. Well, everyone makes sacrifices. Arvin, everyone, grab that man. Let's go unfuck ourselves. Why the fuck does this shit always happen to me? Addendum 4498.7 Recovered Document The following document was recovered on the person of Dr. Charles Gears, who claimed that many similar flyers had been posted around the site. Oh god, who wants- Should I narrate this? Oh, well, it's written by Pirate Jack, so I think Locke should get this. <laughs> oh, alright, alright. To the coward Jack Bright, by the authority of her saltiest majesty, Jack Bright, Pirate Queen, Raider of High Seas, Mad Butterfly of the Rolling Waves, we do command you to appear before the Pirate Council to negotiate the release or butt-stabbing and then execution of one Troy Lament. His crimes are numerous. Lollygagging, saying hurtful things, criticizing Queen Bright's very good hat, fornication with a duck, I was the duck. This won't be forgiven. Appear... Or be butt-stabbed. <laughs> Addendum 4498.8 Video Log Transcript The following video log details the 5-10-2018 negotiations between Director Everett Mann and the SCP-4498 instances identifying themselves as the Site-53 High Council. Inner Courtyard Camera Number 2 shows Director Mann, Dr. Gears, Dr. Brighton Crow entering the courtyard. Seated at a table across from them is SCP-4498, Z.Kiryu, and several others. Seats, travelers! You stand before the High Council of... Yar, it be the Pirate Council, you cumbucket! Get it right! Sorry. 
You stand before the Pirate Council of Sight 53 in the glory of the Pirate Queen, Jack Bright. Yeah, that be true. Ahoy there, Jack. Fancy meeting you here. Zen. Aye, that be not my name anymore, Jack. Now I be too, Jack. Jack, in fact, we all be Jack. I come represented the culinary jacks of the kitchen and break rooms. Our feasts are legendary and very tasty. Kai, you're Anders. Okay. I represent the sneaky darkness jacks of all the parts of the site where the power has gone out. We are sneaky and very mysterious. Sergio's masters. I am Master Jack, Lord of the Aqua Jacks, protector of the toilets and sinks. I think Locke was Dr. Crow. Uh, no, I was Dr. Crow. That was oh, that's right. Interesting. It appears while they all maintain the same characteristics of the original Jack Bright, their mannerisms and personalities have begun to differ wildly, even becoming ludicrous to the point of, I am Filth Jack. Behold my armies of trash and refuse. Many instances of SCP-4498 rats appear at the feet of SCP-4498-Fant. They sway in unison and chant in an unknown language. (laughs) 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 Yar, what a mighty council we be. So, Jack, have you come to rescue your precious man-toy, Troy Lament? (sighs) Yeah, I, I guess. That's what I be wanting to hear. Bring up the boy. Several instances of SCP-4498 carry Agent Lament into the courtyard and drop him in front of the table. He is naked and gagged. One of the instances (laughs) removes the gag. I'll be Lament. Okay. (coughs) Look, I said I didn't know it was a duck, all right? It was dark and hard to tell. That's not my fault. Quiet, you duck penetrator. (laughs) <laughs> There's be business to do here. Fell business indeed. All right, Jack, we be having your foul for later. Give us what we want. What, what do you want? The amulet, Jack. What? Why? Because, Jack, we don't know how long we'll be like this, and I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. You give me the amulet, and I give you lament. This, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Why the fuck are we doing this? You're all me, right? I never wanted to be a pirate, or a chef, or a sink person, or whatever the fuck this thing is. Points at SCP. Uh, Fant. You're all me. Sensible people. Well known for their good instincts, and controlled temperament. Why, why, Why can't we just... Dr. Bright hesitates. Dr. Gears... Director Man and Dr. Crow are all staring at him. What? You have something to say? Enough talk, Jack. Give me the amulet or prepare to be boarded. Fine, fine. He'll give you the amulet. I I will? In exchange, we want the cat statue. Cat statue? What's your game, Cog? Further study and investigation. Come now, Pirate pirate Queen Bright. I know we're all men and women of science. Acceptable. Hand it over. Cat first. Hello? I'm still here? 
Ah, this be feeling like a trick. Be this a trick? Of course not. Hmm. Well, that be good enough for me. Here be the cat. SCP-4498-Z.Kiryu tosses SCP blank to Dr. Gears. Gears nods and Director Mann pushes Dr. Bright forwards towards the SCP instances who all restrain him. Uh, hey, whoa, fuck! As Agent Lament inch crawls towards Director Mann, Dr. Gears fiddles with the SCP in his hands. SCP-4498-Z.Kiryu comes down from the table and stands in front of Dr. Bright. Yar, it be about time! Victory be at hand! First mates, bring me my best dick-snippin' knife! Wait, what the fuck? SCP-4498-Clef appears behind Z-Kiryu. In its hands is a large knife. No hard feelings, Jack. Just need to make sure you don't try to get back up once I take back what's mine. There we go. Jack. What? What? Dr. Gear tosses the SCP to Dr. Bright. Clockwise this time. Whoa! You told me this not be a trap! Dr. Gears shrugs. <laughs> Hell yeah, get fucked, pirate ass looking bitch! Dr. Bright turns the SCP's tail clockwise. SCP-4498-Z.Kiryu and SCP-4498-Clef stumble backwards as if hit in the chest. Both stagger forwards, rubbing their heads. Rise, what happened? What did you do? What? Why am I wearing these boots? Huh, nice. It... SCP cat disintegrates. Dr. Kiryu, Agent Clef, and Dr. Bright all exchange glances. Dr. Crow turns and runs for the courtyard exit. Sergio? Time to scamper, friends. Tally-ho! Dr. Bright, Dr. Gears, Director Man, Dr. Kiryu, and Agent Clef sprint towards the door. Agent Clef picks up Agent Lament mid-sprint and carries him over his shoulder. All present instances of the SCP chase the group out of the courtyard. Addendum 4498.9 After Action Report The following is a series of interviews conducted by Site-17 staff in the wake of the Site-53 incident, once the site was recontained. After Action Report Interview by Regional Director Everett Mann Apologies for like the inconvenience, Dr. Mann. This won't take long. Fine, fine. Go ahead. Ask away. Can you tell me what happened immediately after you arrived at Site-53? Yeah, we got pulled there, pulled up, walked inside, and a bunch of people were standing around talking to each other. When we came in, they looked up and asked who we were. And when I told them, they flew into some kind of drunken frenzy, breaking tables, shattering glass, almost like some, some, some kind of simian rage. One of them flew feces at me, I swear it. Why didn't you leave? Leave? <laughs> First of all, I'm a doctor of the Foundation. A good doctor never flees. Second, who better to deal with an angry swarm of Jack Brights than me, Dr. Everett Mann, the Foundation's greatest surgeon? Do you know I've never had a surgery that wasn't a perfect success? It's true. But certainly it wouldn't have been prudent to help your colleagues escape. Colleagues? Dr. Desay, Dr. Everward, Dr. Gears, Dr. Crow. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot the dog was there. Well, they performed admirably, though between you and me, I think they talked too much. Hmm. After action report interview with Dr. Arvind Desay. So do you have anything you'd like to... 
I what took you all so long? Could you not have called the halfway competent task force a little earlier than you did? What about that one, you know, what's it, what's it called? The one with four of them. Uh, Pandora's box, that's, that's right. Instead, I have to listen to Jack Bright. Fuck Jack Bright for 12 hours. You know how much fucking Bright and Bright fucking there was going to be in there, Caden? Uh, no, I don't. It was a lot. <laughs> After action report interview with Dr. Jack Bright. So. Silence. Uh, how you doing? There is only more silence. Uh, have you been to the gym recently or? Jack, I was supposed to be in Ibiza right now. You know where I'm not? Uh-huh. More silence. All right, look, yes, this may not, maybe not my best move, but how was I supposed to know that would happen if you turned the tail too hard or something? It wasn't too hard, Jack. You turned it in the wrong direction. Clockwise is to the right. You turned it to the left. Huh. Man, sounds like our training program is sort of lacking then, yeah? Might be worse uh, investigating that, you know, so this sort of thing doesn't happen again in the, uh... Jack... The shy guy was at that site. Did you know that? I did not know. Well, it was. And for a while, it was you. And then it wasn't you suddenly. And you know what it did? I, uh... Well, probably not anything good. No, Jack. Not something good. But whatever that cat thing did to everyone in the site eventually wore off on the shy guy. So we're hoping it'll do that to the rest of them, too. Until it does, we're going to just let it play out. They form some sort of feudal system in there that seems to be more or less self-sustaining. Oh, yeah? Who's in charge? One of the janitors, I think. Oh. Huh. As for you, we're putting you back in special probation for a few weeks. This never seems to help you learn your lesson, but maybe it will this time. God damn it, Sophia. I hate special probation. What is it going to be this time? Lament seemed to think you'd think it was funny if it was a duck. Oh, no, you fucking don't. So it's going to be a wombat. That's annoying. You think? After action report interview with Agent Troy Lament. What would you say is the part you're having the most trouble dealing with? It was horrible. At one point, they had me tied up on that boat, and I could see the cleft version of Bright standing in the corner, licking his chops and holding a knife. I was naked as a jaybird, truly. I was. And even now, with my waking sight, I can still see Jack's dead pupils staring at my Johnson from behind my poor, sweet friend Alto's eyes. I don't know if I'll ever be able to get over that. After Action Report Interview Agent Alto Clef. Who was Clef? I don't remember. I think Kai was Clef. Was I Clef? I think I'll just so. be Clef anyways. <clears throat> Is that what he said? <laughs> nah, I was just late getting to the site. I stopped by Mickey D's on my way to work that day. Just thought it was really funny. You know, I beat Troy's naked body with a trout. Fuck me, that was good. My poor sweet friend Alto. (laughs) Christ, I love the SCP Foundation. (laughs) Clef wasn't... Uh, Oh yeah, because isn't Clef 
uh, immune to fucking... Yeah, isn't he immune to SCP effects? God, that's funny. Wow. I don't know, I, just, I, I think the, the joke for that is just like, he he was just pretending the whole time. Yes. He was just playing along. God, that's, <laughs> that's so fucking dumb. I love, I like this one. This one was fun. Yeah, this is really good. This is more of a oh. tale than it is an SCP, but it's, it's fun. It's so good. Um, do we want to do the last one? Oh, there was one more? Oh, no, that uh, was it. No, no you right, just, just reposted 2730. That's right. All right. Well, that <sighs> was it then. That was fun. I like that. Me too. Excellent selection. Woo. Thank you so much. These oh. are great. Also, uh, Phoenix for your information, it's not that he's immune to SCP effects. It's just that he is a uh, extreme badass for no reason. We don't know why. He's just able to fight reality warpers like it's nothing. <laughs> nice. He's very ingrained into reality. He compartmentalizes really well. That's his power. Yeah. All Which right. was your favorite out of these? Moon Champion. Moon Champion. Yeah, by far. Gotta be it. I think Hello, Moon Champion takes the, 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 the cake, but I think 4498 was the perfect one to add on. It was oh, for sure. Finale. Agreed. Yeah, any, anything involving that funny little dude, Bright. Is... Bright's a hell of a time. Anyways, I, I, don't, I think we've already said everything we had to about all the SCPs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Locke, for showing us. Thank yeah, you. White days. Uh, I'm gonna have to get out of the. Uh, I'm gonna have to find some cough drops from that that horrible goblin, uh, pirate noise that I was trying to make with my mouth. Just <laughs> <laughs> absolutely slayed my throat. But not how do you a good think way. I feel after Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> <laughs> I think the Gilbert Godfrey one is my personal favorite. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever Every read an SCP on of... here that made everybody laugh quite so easily as that one. Yeah. I don't know. The like titty monster made us laugh a lot out of fear, <laughs> <laughs> nervous laughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a. Oh, this was written by DJ Cactus. Cactus. I don't know why Cactus. I always Cactus. I, I I've always read it as DJ Cactus. Because I didn't bother to look at how it's spelled. <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm right. Thanks for uh, having me back, everybody. Thank you I'm for no coming. Problem. Back. Yeah, thanks. To vanish into the ether. <laughs> and to our listeners, we love you. I don't love you.